Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to A Moment of Zen. Time to sit back and relax as model, actress, mentor, and supermom Zen Sams takes you on a sexy and wild ride covering the latest in film, fashion, pop culture, politics, and entertainment from the Millennial Mom's perspective. Here's your host, Zen Sams. Hello, my beautiful friends and loyal listeners. It's always a pleasure to spend my time with you on the airwaves. Thank you for listening and interacting with me on social media. That truly makes it all worthwhile. Please make sure to follow me at Zen Sams. That's Zen with an X all across Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Today, we have a great show lined up. As usual, a mix of celebrities, impressive citizens, VIPs, and tons of fun. Today's guests are quite amazing. We have celebrity injector and beauty influencer Jennifer DeLandro joining us. She is the owner of Dolce Aesthetics in Queens and in Brooklyn. We are chatting about the new legislation that the UK passed on October 1st called the Botulinum Toxin and Cosmetic Fillers Children Act, where it's now illegal in the UK to administer Botox or fillers to under 18-year-olds unless the treatment has been approved for use by a medical practitioner. Now, what does this mean for the current trend in America? Well, she's going to be right here to fill us in in just a few. Then in our business and buzz segment brought to you by Revere Securities, we have returning contributor Kyle Wool, president of wealth management at Revere Securities, and David Herzig from Dwayne Morris Law Firm. That's DwayneMorris.com. We're going to be chatting about how to avoid getting scammed this gift-giving season and how to properly choose the right charity. And I'm also very excited to chat to Hear Me Raw founder, HearMeRaw.com is a new indie cosmetics skincare line. Mike Endersky will be joining us to break down what clean, organic, and sustainable skincare really is and the hidden truth behind what the skincare giants are not telling us. Now, before celebrity injector Jennifer DeLandro joins us, let's chat Dave Chappelle's complicated Netflix special. Well, it's been a tumultuous week for comedian Dave Chappelle, whose release of his latest Netflix special, The Closer, didn't land as smoothly as he'd hoped. The sixth and final special in the comedian's multi-million dollar deal with Netflix was released globally on October 5th, but it was met with a slew of backlash from queer activists and allies who argued that his jokes about the LGBTQ community were disrespectful and dangerous, especially for transgender women of color. So what happened? Well, during the special, David touched on several hot-button issues, including rapper DaBaby's recent off-base comments about HIV, J.K. Rowling's controversial anti-trans statement in 2019, cancel culture as a whole, and his personal experience with the trans community. His comments were unwelcomed by some trans activists and allies, including some at Netflix, 
who criticized the streaming platform for publishing content they deemed was harmful to their community. Now, last week, Tara Field, a queer trans senior software engineer at Netflix, called out Dave Chappelle on Twitter, arguing that his jokes have real-life ramifications. She went on to say that promoting turf ideology is what Netflix did by giving it a platform via Dave's jokes and that it directly harms trans people. Netflix later allegedly suspended three employees, including Tara, for reportedly crashing a meeting of its top executives in protest. And the company later denied that the employees were suspended for tweeting about the special, but rather they were suspended for attending a recent leadership meeting without proper clearance right to do so. Now, FYI, TERF is an acronym for a trans-exclusionary radical feminist or a feminist who believes that biological sex determines gender, which contradicts the argument trans and non-binary activists have made to affirm their existence, that gender identity is more complex and nuanced than one's biological sex. Well, there you have it. Some food for thought. Netflix backed the talent and did not cancel Dave Chappelle. Hmm. We'll be right back with celebrity injector Jennifer DeLandro. You're listening to A Moment of Zen right here on 710 WOR, The Voice of New York. I am your host, Zen Sams. We'll be right back after this. A Moment of Zen is brought to you by Ocean Resort Casino in Atlantic City, Tempest Network, a Burkan World Project, Aikido Pharma, Caldwell Soames, Beach A. Cucina in Midtown and Soho, Revere Securities, and Romulus Entertainment. Tune in every Saturday night at 9 p.m. on 710 WOR, the voice of New York, or download the iHeart app. Text the word collaborations to 917-575-2321. Follow Zen on social media at Zen Sam's. A Moment of Zen is brought to you by Aikido Pharma, an early-stage pharmaceutical company developing innovative drugs for improving anti-cancer and antiviral therapies. Traded on the NASDAQ under ticker AIKI, they have first-in-class partnerships with leading medical universities like the University of Maryland and the University of Texas. To learn more, go to www.aikidopharma.com. Welcome back, beautiful people. You're listening to A Moment of Zen right here on 710 WOR, the voice of New York. I am your host, Zen Sands. Now, coming up in just a few, we have celebrity injector Jennifer DeLandro of Dolce Aesthetics. Dolce Aesthetics has locations right here in the tri-state area in Brooklyn and in Queens. And we're chatting about the Botox and filler craze. Now, has your 16-year-old recently asked you for plumpier lips or higher cheekbones, well, apparently you're not alone. And for this reason, the UK did something about it. This past October 1st, the UK banned face injections for teens under the age of 18. They are no longer able to get dermal fillers or Botox after the passing of the Botulinum Toxin and Cosmetic Fillers Children Act. Now, what does the ban mean? Well, it's basically illegal to administer Botox or fillers to under 18 year olds unless the treatment has been approved for use by a medical practitioner. Now, this means that young people cannot have these medical procedures for aesthetic reasons. And in the UK, the government estimates that 41,000 Botox style procedures were carried out on under 18 year olds last year. 
Often these non-medical procedures were carried out by people with a lack of training and in unhygienic environments, putting young teens at risk of health complications. Now remember, these procedures can be a permanent alteration to a young person's face at a time when they're not fully grown physically nor emotionally. And unlike breast enlargements and facelift operations, which are highly regulated for patients' safety, the non-surgical cosmetic industry is still highly unregulated. This means that people who are not medical professionals can carry out Botox or fillers, and we've all heard of Botox parties. Now, teens have been accessing these procedures over recent years in the hope of achieving an Instagram face. Now, please note that Botox and fillers can be very safe when carried out in the right hands, but people should make sure that their practitioner is experienced and qualified. So what does this mean for the, for the U.S.? Well, right here in America, in our very tri-state area, breaking it all down for us is celebrity injector Jennifer DeLandro. She's an adult nurse practitioner with a master's degree in nursing and now pursuing her doctorate in nursing and set to graduate this very spring. She holds two certificates for advanced dermal filler and Botox training, and she's the owner of three locations. Her fourth is slated to open this very fall in Rockville Center. Now, over the past two decades, Jennifer has injected thousands of patients and has obtained the highest injector level, which is expert level five. She's listed as Allergan's top 250 injectors, ranked 84 in the U.S. for 2021. Welcome to the show, superstar. <laughs> Thank you, Zen. I'm so happy to be here today. And um, this topic is something that I've been talking about for many, many years. Um, you know, uh, as a as a person who has a medical aesthetics practice, and uh, you know, and I am an injector, and I am I have been doing it for so many years. Um, this has been a topic that has been so big. Um, there are so many people, and I think we discussed this before, even before the interview. You know, you could go to a class, take a two day course, and I'm, and I'm not even talking about somebody who is you know a, a lay person, which means somebody who is a you know a doctor, an RN, a PA, a nurse practitioner. Now, even somebody with that, you know, with that basis of a medical background after a two day course is really not qualified to inject injectables is something that's very tedious. You have to be well versed in anatomy. You have to have the didactics. And not only that, you also really, really have to have an autistic ability. It's not all about didactics. It's like basically, you know, giving an, an artist, a Picasso, a paint by numbers and painting with the numbers. Uh, that, that's not how it goes. It's, it, there, is, there is a finesse to it and there is an ability. And not everybody has that ability, even your plastic surgeons. I couldn't agree more. There is a total art behind it. You have to understand, you know, the face extremely well. Um, psychofigurism is something that you should be well versed on, whereas your average uh, injector isn't. But yes, you're right. Now, one could have not predicted the catastrophic effects of social media filters on our youth mm -hmm. today, oh Jen. And, and the increased pressure to adhere to beauty standards is basically forcing young people to turn to cosmetic procedures when they're not fully developed. Now, we know that there are huge pressures on 
on this gen alpha to conform to this unrealistic and unattainable ideal that that they see on social media what's your take on teenagers getting injectables and what is your advice to teenagers on social media feeling the pressure the pressure to be perfect well first of all i have a lot of patients who come in you know who come in and say i want to look like her and they're showing me a picture of somebody on instagram and i say honey they don't even look like this. I, I go, you are trying to reach for something that is really not real. It's it's not a real thing. They don't look like this. This is a filter. And you're trying to chase after a filter, basically. You know, um, and it is because of the social media that this is what's going on with young women and young men these days. Um, you know, it's, it's I, I mean, you know, Patients that are coming in who are younger, I, myself as a practitioner, I don't advocate patients coming in and doing Botox under 25 unless they do have a reason. You know, there are exceptions. I don't believe that somebody should come in and do their lips under 18 unless there is an exception. You know, and I do have parents come in and ask me, and I tell them, if you were my child, I would tell you to wait. And you should wait until you're of age to make that decision. I don't think that somebody below the age of 18, even a person at the age of 18 sometimes is not, you know, emotionally equipped to even make this decision. You know, it is a cost factor. It is something that has to be maintained. And, you know, if mama and dad aren't going to pay for it, you know, every time you come in every three, four months, now it falls on you. Are you going to be able to attain this? And this is where patients go to non um uh, licensed injectors getting um, getting products from the internet that's black that's you know that's on the black market and this is where the problem arises. They get occlusions. They they hurt. They get nerve damage. I can't tell you how many girls have come into me with occlusions on their lips and on their um, and on their faces after going to um, an injector that does not have any right to ever inject. That's crazy that this is even available on the black market. But yes. you know, at the end of the day, this is the dangers that our teenagers are facing and the pressures, you know, the pressures that are out there. Now, you know, you just touched on something that was, you know, very important and we're we're kind of on a time frame here and I want to make sure we get it all in. But when is a great time to start getting Botox and fillers, in your opinion? Because you cater to a very elite VIP and celebrity crowd who are primarily in the entertainment industry or performers. And, and this is their bread and butter, so to speak. You know, they're not looking for perfection. They're looking to fit the mold of what they're selling to their followers and viewers, so to speak, in terms of feeling more comfortable about themselves. And I can totally vouch for that. Uh, but what do you say to, to, you know, the average person who wants to know when's a great time to start getting this like preemptively? Well, I mean, I I will never tell anybody that they need anything. When patients come to me and they say, Jen, what do I need? I will never tell anybody that they need it because this is a luxury, not a necessity. Um, however, I believe that anywhere from like the mid to late 20s is probably, you know, a a, a suitable time to start. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, what I was thinking. I don't thinking. think anything younger than that, it should be, you know, it should be like the norm. I think that, you know, between mid 20s, late 20s. Awesome. You know, the, the next question I have, which is really, I'm sure my listeners want to know, is do you have an equal amount of men and women these days or is this still fairly a ladies market? 
Well, it's it's a good question. Um, I have had a big influx of men over probably the last five to ten years. Over probably about the five five years, um, I had about maybe a ten percent to fifteen percent ratio of men to women. Now it's about twenty five to thirty at this point. That's craziness. The men are finally jumping on the bandwagon. But you on. know what? They want to look young. I love it. Okay, finally, listen. Last question. Tell me about the O shot. Oh, the O-Shot. Um, the O-Shot is a procedure that we do. Um, it is, um, it is, we, it's a, it's PRP, which we basically, we draw the patient's blood, we spin it down, we take their plasma, inject into the labia. Um, we also do it for um, uh, urinary incontinence, but uh, the O-Shot typically is for um, sexual dysfunction. So it does increase your sexual appetite, if you if you will. Wow, that's incredible. So even younger women, I know these days can feel the effect of a, of a hormonal imbalance, you know, as it relates to their sex life. So the O shot is otherwise called the orgasm shot. And that's crazy that you actually have a procedure that enables the body to use its own, basically what you're saying is its own growth factors to rejuvenate yes. the, the vagina. Yes. Basically, <laughs> this is incredible. Listen, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. For those of you that, that have never heard of Dr. Jennifer, you have to check out her website. It's called Dolce Aesthetics NY. And uh, you're also on social media with a huge amount of followers. Tell yes. us about your social media real quick. Um, yeah, my social media is Dolce Aesthetics New York, and um, we do have a big following. Um, the we do a lot of like I said, we do a lot of celebrities and a lot of reality stars. So we do have gained a big, big you know a big, big buzz in the Instagram community, and now on TikTok too. There you go. Check her out, DolceAestheticsNY.com, with locations in Brooklyn and Queens. You are chatting to the queen herself. Celebrity injector Jennifer DeLandro. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, Jen. Have a great day. You're listening to a moment of Zen right here on 710 WR, the voice of New York. I am your host, Zen Sams. We'll be right back after this. A moment of Zen is brought to you by Revere Securities. Revere is committed to building a relationship of trust in which they work closely with you to help you define your objectives, explore alternatives, and choose the financial and investment strategies that are most appropriate for you. Go to reveresecurities.com. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spot on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go for the steaks and the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, beautiful people. You're listening to A Moment of Zen right here on 710 WOR, the voice of New York. I'm your host, Zen Sams. Now, up next, in about two minutes, featured in our Business and Buzz segment, we have returning contributor Kyle Wool and his good friend David Herzig, partner at Dwayne Morris Law Firm, that's DwayneMorris.com, joining us. Now, today we're going to be chatting about how to choose a charity and avoid getting scammed this gift-giving season. Now, charitable donations are an incredible 
incredible gift anytime you have room in your budget to help those in need. It's wonderful to see people being proactive about donating during the end of year holiday season, but no matter what time of year it is or the reason for your giving, it's important to choose a charity wisely. Unfortunately, not all organizations are legitimate, nor do they all use funds as they promise. When you give to an organization, you might envision your personal check being directly spent on pet food, cancer meds, clean water, some specific action that the charity performs. But the truth is your donation could go towards administrative expenses, a fundraising budget, or even a staffer's paycheck. Now, while each of these costs are typically of most organizations, nonprofit or not, there should be a fair share going toward the organization's mission as well. The BBB Wise Given Alliance, which is a watchdog organization that tracks how charitable groups use funds, believe that at least 65% of an organization's expenses should be spent on its missions and no more than 35% should go towards fundraising. Remember that ultimately you're trying to forward a cause or help those in need. Although it may seem like a lot of work, it's important to vet the legitimacy and effectiveness of a charity before making a donation. Now let's combine reputable charities and celebrity attorneys. And well, what do you get? Aside from David Herzig joining me in just a sec. Well, since people remember the faces and names of the attorneys who have represented celebrity clients or clients in high profile cases, I thought it would be very fitting to chat legitimacy and whatnot. And once your client Rob your deals in the VIPs, it's like a domino effect. To help you not get scammed by a fake charity this holiday season and still feel good about your generous donation is celebrity duo Kyle Wool, president of Wealth Management at Revere Securities. He's knowledgeable across the board with investment banking and managing portfolios. And joining us now is David Herzig, head of international business and structuring at Dwayne Morris. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Now, David, uh, Dwayne Morris offers legal services across the board, basically, and you advise clients on the tax and businesses approach of structuring their investments. You, you have a lot of knowledge when it comes to cross-border investments. You represent um, all forms of celebrities uh, to global companies, right down to individuals. And you are a valued and trusted advisor and mentor, essentially, to many trusts and global charities. What did you say to this Lady Gaga Born This Way Foundation, where back in 2011, Lady Gaga founded Born This Way Foundation. Its mission was to basically empower youth and inspire bravery. And by the by the end of the whole um, fiasco, the total bogus expenses for 2012 had reached $1.85 million. And the company went bust. And many have accused Lady Gaga of treating her charity as a vanity project and for using the Born This Way Foundation to promote her own career. What do you say to celebrities in this in this capacity? You know, I, I really, I can't really comment on the specifics of, of that situation, but, you know, I'm very cautious, not just with celebrities, but anyone that goes into the charity world, because it is, it is a difficult world to, to manage. And, you know, it, it's a business like any other, they have to pay their employees, they have to, they have to spend money to raise money. And so you have to be very cautious about how you go about that. I mean, things could get carried away. So you have to have the proper, you know, infrastructure internally on a day-to-day -day basis is also a board that's overseeing what's going on. So it's the structure of the organization is really critical to, to some of these outcomes. And, and it is, it is not an easy thing to manage. So, 
without the right support, you know, it's not difficult to get into these situations. Yes, exactly. And to piggyback off that, not specifically, we're not, you know, commenting on this particular foundation, yeah. but in general, um, her that particular foundation had taken in like two and a half million, but only gave out one five thousand dollar grant in two thousand and twelve. And you know, the, the expenses for two thousand and twelve in this particular case had reached one point eighty five million. A lot of people were like, Well, where's this money going? So to your point, it was probably not structured properly. And and, you know, at the end of the day, when you don't have the proper structure, well, then that's where the cookie crumbles, right? Yeah, many times. Kyle, welcome back. Thank you. Now, Kyle, listen, this is a very interesting one. Now, back in 2004, Lamar Autumn founded the charity Kathy's Kids, and the charity's mission was to fund cancer research and to help young people who were suffering from the disease. And since the inception, the charity has raised $2.2 million, but as of its 2011 tax return, the charity was $256,000 in debt, clearly mismanaged. Now, when a charity, and we're talking about Kim Kardashian, we're talking about the Kardashian, Chloe Kardashian and Lamar Autumn, Odom, Kathy's Kids Foundation, right? Now, when a charity takes in all these funds, one would ask, can a nonprofit make investment? Because to fulfill their purpose, they need resources, including money. Therefore, clearly nonprofits can engage in legal means to earn money. Um, but what's your take when a charity comes to you to set up an account? And what type of investments are you looking at for them? Well, I think every charity is a little bit different. And one of the things as a fiduciary myself and a financial advisor to various charities and philanthropic endeavors is we have to know the purpose of the charity. But typically most charities, they would love, and it's difficult right now with the very low interest rate environment that we're in, but they would love to make enough off of the interest off the portfolio to meet their obligations. So typically in a charitable account, we're not going to be taking on high risk and investing in you know, startups or small cap stocks, we'd be looking at a diversified fixed income portfolio to throw off anywhere between, let's say, three to 5%. Obviously, rates are going up a little bit, so that helps. When rates are at zero, it makes it very difficult. But to, th to throw off enough of a, a percentage return in fixed income and to not have too much volatility to support the charity and to support the obligations and grants that they have to give out. Sounds like great advice, my friend, and that's why we always have you on the show. Now I'm going to throw this one back to David. And again, not specifically commenting on these charities, but using these charities as models because they are high profile. Back in 2007, Kanye West founded the self-titled charity, the Kanye West Foundation, with this you know, grand mission to significantly reduce high school dropout rates. And four years later, the charity shut down after it was discovered that of the $570,000 raised in 2011, Zero went to the charity. All of the money was used for administrative costs. And the last reported charity contribution were grants for $563 in 2009, despite raising more than $200,000 that year. Now, David, you serve on the board of directors of the Amy Winehouse Foundation, and, and you're, you were chairman of the Happy Hearts Fund, uh, founded by fashion model Petra Nankova. You served, served as a co-chair of the board of directors of the Lang Lang International Music Foundation, as does Kyle. And you've just recently joined more boards, uh, the director of the um, 
uh, board of directors on the Mariana Rivera Foundation. Now, David, how do you go about auditing these charities your clients are going to work with? And what is the due diligence process? Because this is getting in bed with, you know, uh, completely merging two brands, essentially. Well, I mean, there's there's public information available. There's, you know, the 990s that are required to be filed. And those are public documents that you can take a look at, you know, where the funds have come from and where they've been used. You know, most credible charities are going to have an auditor, right? They're an accounting firm that, you know, I would want to talk to immediately. I would want to be connected to somebody who's on the board that I know, hopefully, or that my clients know to make sure, you know, to understand the programs. I would even go on the ground with them before I, you know, got real involved to see, you know, what they're actually doing, you know, you know, roll up your sleeves and, and go look at one of their projects or go look at one of their prospective projects, you know, all those kinds of things. So if you're really dealing with, you know, a charity that's doing good, you know, those kinds of things should be put in place. There's board committees that you can, you can talk to the audit committee, you can talk to the, to the management committee. There, there are all sorts of ways to, to vet this, to vet these charities. Interesting. You know, I guess it's like looking under the hood like you would in any business. Um, you know, I, I do think that at the end of the day, this is uh, the due diligence and, and the responsibility that one would have to assume to get involved with any kind of charity or give money to these um you know, organizations, you have to be really, really careful. Now, I was going to piggyback off of this and give it to Kyle, you know, because one could encounter a fake charity at any time of the year, but but they tend to become more common during times of increased giving, you know, such as during natural disaster relief efforts, uh, end of hurricane season, so to speak, or at the end of the year. And false charities are also among the most common tax scams around, you know, the filing season. So it's best to be aware of the signs of a fake charity before giving money. What, Kyle, do you recommend people consider from the from the uh, financial perspective in terms of giving an insane amount of money at the end of the year to these charities? I think it's the due diligence process you should always look at, whether it has to do with investing into a public company or donating money to a charity. You want to see who is the CEO, who is the president, who is the person actually making the decisions, what their track record is. But more importantly, you want to see who the board of directors are. And I think most of the charities that David and I are involved in together, you have someone like David with a very strong legal background. You'll have someone like myself with a financial background. You'll typically have someone with an auditing background. When you have people like that that come from reputable firms, you can feel much more comfortable than let's say some of these quote unquote charities that you mentioned earlier, which might just be some basketball players or some celebrities that have not sat on other charity boards except for their own before. So I think having a team of professionals with diverse backgrounds makes a huge difference. But I would also say it's very important to do some research on the charity. There are great charities out there, tremendous track records like the St. Jude Foundation, um, Shiners and things of that nature that very wealthy people, powerful people have continued to make donations year in, year out because of their track record of making sure 75, 85, 90% of the funds get to where they need to get to go where they need to go. 
Yes, extremely important. I, I, you got you and David are saying the exact same thing, uh, you know, in very parallel uh, advice context, so to speak, you know, from the financial perspective. And of course, David, uh, being the, the lawyer that he is from the very, you know, due diligence reserve perspective. Now, David, very quickly, there's just about a minute left here. The most successful celebrities include um the most successful charities include celebrities and they kind of merge. Is there a direct liability in essence with the celebrity in the charity? In essence, is there an arm's length relationship that an ambassador or a celebrity can have with the respective charity to safeguard them? If so, say the charity goes scandalous. Let's put legal aspects aside. I mean, there's the reputation, right? I mean, the celebrities, if the celebrity's name is on the charity, the celebrity's always going to be tied to the charity in some respect, you know, legally, maybe not, but, but from a, you know, public perspective, yes. Um, but there, I, I suppose there are ways to separate legally the celebrity from, from the charity, but I, I guess what I was wanting to know is these celebrities, are they being held responsible and or accountable for, you know, the fallouts of these charities that they have, you know, constructed that went belly up, so to speak, and this money just went to where, so in a deep, dark hole. Um, But, you know, yeah, it was more about, is there an accountability level with these celebrities and these charities? Well, depends on what their position is with the charity, but in many cases, yes. Got the it. answer is yes. There yeah. you go. So we always have to cross all our T's and dot all our I's, guys. Well, listen, thank you both for being on this segment. Business and Buzz is always more exciting when we have Kyle Wool joining us. So thank you so much. And he always brings the most interesting guests. David Herzlick, thank you so much for joining us. It was awesome speaking to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Zed. You're listening to A Moment of Zen right here on 710 WOR, The Voice of New York. I am your host, Zen Sams. We'll be right back after this. That was Kyle Wool, president of Wealth Management at Revere Securities, along with his good friend, David Herzik from Dwayne Morris, LLP. The options and recommendations expressed by Kyle Wool are his and his alone and may not represent Revere Securities as a whole. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go for the steaks and the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. A Moment of Zen is brought to you by Aikido Pharma, an early-stage pharmaceutical company developing innovative drugs for improving anti-cancer and antiviral therapies. Traded on the NASDAQ under ticker AIKI, they have first-in-class partnerships with leading medical universities like the University of Maryland and the University of Texas. To learn more, go to www.aikidopharma.com. Welcome back, beautiful people. You're listening to A Moment of Zen right here on 710 WOR, the voice of New York. I am your host, Zen Sams. Now, up in just a few, we have Hear Me Raw Cosmetics founder, Mike Indersky, and we're going to be chatting about the truth behind the clean beauty rage. And a lot has been said about how the pandemic is motivating Americans to be more discerning about what they put in their bodies But the crisis may also be having a big effect on what they put on their bodies. Demand has spiked over the past year. According to a report by the NPD Group, some 68% of consumers say that they're looking for skincare brands that highlight 
clean ingredients. The concept of so-called clean beauty, makeup, and skincare products marketed as free of harmful artificial ingredients is the latest catchphrase in a world of products sold as sustainable, environmentally conscious, or simply safer. The fuzzy definition of clean beauty hasn't stopped skincare giants from climbing aboard. In the first half of the year, sales at department and beauty specialty stores of products perceived as clean climbed by about 33% to $1.6 billion compared to the same period last year. Skincare and makeup alone experienced volume growth of more than 20% each. Major retailers such as Sephora and Ulta Beauty designate as clean everything from face cleansers to eyeshadow if they omit ingredients known or suspected to harm humans or the environment. Formulations that are vegan or don't involve animal testing are also candidates for inclusion and environmentally friendly packaging also comes into play. Now, consumers should also know natural doesn't automatically mean better or safer. Ingredients such as essential oils can trigger allergic reactions, especially for, for those with sensitive skin, okay? And moreover, most beauty products require preservatives to avoid microbial contamination, making formulations without any artificial ingredients actually hard to come by. Here to break it all down, the clean and honest way is Hear Me Rock cosmetics founder Mike Endersky. And after spending the last 30 years in the beauty and wellness business, Mike founded the new skincare brand Hear Me Raw. And the brand's mission is to honor women by doing what's best for their health, their skin, their budget, and the world around them with products that are truly powerful, natural, sustainable, and simple. And Mike is no stranger to the beauty biz. Previous to Hear Me Raw, he served as president of Bliss, the leading global spa brand, and helped in the sale of its parent company, Steiner Leisures, for $920 million. Previous to that, Mike was CMO of Burt's Bees, where he helped lead the growth of the brand, resulting in a sale to Clorox for $950 million. Wait! And prior to that, Mike had leadership positions at L'Oreal, where he was VP of marketing for Maybelline and Garnier. Very impressive, I'd say. Welcome to the show, my superstar. I'm so excited to be here. This is fantastic. So tell me, hear me raw. First of all, I love the concept, clean, simple, effective, and sustainable. But what inspired the name? Uh, I just got a sense of the frustration that people were feeling that you know, it's 2020 or 2021 and companies are still selling products with ingredients which aren't good for your skin, that aren't natural, and packaging which isn't sustainable, making claims they can't keep for prices are too high on products that they don't need. And there was this real frustration and people were, they were pissed. And I, I, I got a sense of that in talking to women around the country. And I had this sense of hear me roar. Like I, we need to be heard. We want authenticity. We want the truth. We don't want these fake claims of clean and natural when things aren't necessarily clean or natural or, or good for you. And that's where the name came from. It's just, just feeling this frustration and this need for authenticity. That's amazing. I love the uh, the native New Yorker in you. I know you're from the Bronx, <laughs> and I know that you 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 know you currently live in New York City. Yep. Um, but it, I see the activism come out in you, and definitely, yeah. hear me raw is is a mission statement essentially because yeah. you know now you're you're it's not just a company that's providing clean, sustainable skincare. It's 
activism, which yeah. now you just you're taking this to the next level. So your mission clearly is to have, you know, natural, vegan, cruelty free, worry free, sustainable, you know, packaging that's reusable, all that good stuff. Now, tell me about the um, some of your products. I, I want to actually highlight some of these products because it, it bears really talking about and especially how you've you've uh, concocted them based on your background. But and then we'll go into some of uh, the, the debunking of what clean um, skincare truly means and debunking some of those myths. But tell me about the brightener with chlorophyll plus. Oh my God. The brightener is, it's our, it's our number one product. It's what everyone says. It's like, it's like a wake up call for my face, it's like an energy booster for my face. It's filled with chlorophyll, which is the energy source of all living things. And it's an oxygenator. It oxygenates your skin. So there's chlorophyll, spirulina, which is a, a blue green algae high in also uh, as an oxygenator, lemon peel, and also has matcha green tea. It has Swiss Crest uh, Sprout Extract, and that helps protect the skin. And you have exfoliators like lactic acid, phytic acid, and bakuchiol, which is a natural retinol. And it's all these great natural ingredients which make your skin come to life. And it's vitalized, and it's radiant, and it's firmer, and you start seeing like minimization of lines and wrinkles. And the way people talk about it, like it's my morning cup of coffee for my face. I feel alive. I feel vitalized. And uh, we tell people to use it three days a week. I use it five days a week. Uh, every morning when I wake up, I'll, I'll use it while I'm exercising, shower it off, and your skin's just like, incredible. So uh, this is great. This is for both men and women, right? It's not yeah. like this is this is really about the skin, not about what your gender is, because you're you're addressing people's skin issues, right? And you're exactly. really kind of keeping it pure and simple. Now, tell me about you have this. It, this really caught my attention. The detoxifier with charcoal. Yeah, the, the detoxifier is uh, it has activated charcoal. It has Chinese ginseng, Irish moss, uh, kaolin, zinc oxide, and you put it on, and it's also you start feeling it just like the brightening. You feel a tingling right away, and then after about 15, 20 minutes, when it's almost dry, instead of washing it off, and a lot of charcoal masks crack and they scratch your skin. This, you rub it off because there's jojoba beads in it. And you just wipe your hands over, it starts flaking off, and it helps exfoliate the skin. So your skin is polished, it's purified, it's detoxified. And you know, our skin faces so many toxins every day. Just being out in the street, wearing a, a PPP mask, uh, smoke, pollution, stuff that we eat, stuff that we drink. You need to get all the stuff out of your face, just like you need to like, detoxify your body, you know, uh, after eating too much or drinking too much. It's the same thing with your skin. So, you know, the toxify you use like once or twice a week and you're good to go. That's awesome. So the um, definitely for the detoxifier for us New Yorkers over here. Then we have the, the hydrator with prickly pear. I love that all of your products have a with something added to it that's all plant-based, which is yeah. excellent. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, we, we also call our project the brightener the detoxifier, the hydrator, because you only need one. You don't need 30, 40 products. We only have four. And I love you that. We need that many. And the hydrator is a day cream. It's a night cream. It's also an overnight mask. And it starts with prickly pear because nothing retains water better than the cactus. And prickly pear is cactus flower. So we use the cacti succulent tissue and root system. And then we have things in it you would expect, like coconut, which is a great antioxidant, watermelon oil, cucumber. And then we have things that you wouldn't think about like maki berry, which is this incredible antioxidant rich superfood. And then we've got Mexican poppy stem cells, high in polysaccharides, great for the skin. 
and your skin just drinks it up and retains water. And what's so great about it is you put it on after you know, any Hear Me Raw product or any product for that matter, but at night, put it on thick before you go to bed, use it as an overnight mask, you wake up, your skin is hydrated, moisturized, but not greasy, not oily, not, not sticky like some of those things are. So don't buy three moisturizers. Just there get you go. one great one. That's what I'm talking about. You know, yeah. these these multiples of everything with different uh, scents and, and different uh, packaging slips that are essentially probably the same thing, just marketed differently, uh, is really what irks me about these brands. Now, quickly, the last one, the, uh, the clarifier with French green clay. Right. That sounds really exciting. Yeah, if you've got um, oily skin, combination skin, uh, acne-prone skin, this is amazing. It's got as you said, French green clay, which is an amazing antibacterial uh, absorbing agent. And it's got turmeric and it's got just a whole bunch of amazing ingredients. You, same thing, you put it on and after about 15 minutes, again, you rub it off. And it's like little mini pore strips pulling all the dirt and sebum, excess sebum and oil out of your pores and off your skin. And it mattifies your skin. And it's a beautiful, beautiful anti-inflammatory, uh, great anti-oil product. And if you have blemishes you put a little bit on before you go to bed wake up in the morning rub it off and you'll see your blemishes go down significantly even though this isn't technically an acne product there you go well you know what you, you've thought it all you've basically covered the four types of skincare that you know and the problem skin that one would have so four four is enough and it's just the right amount and having you know just you can't have an overflow of of uh, extra uh you know too much selection, so to speak, when you go to, a, when you look at a menu and there's too much to choose from, people get really overwhelmed. And so I love it that you've kept it simple. Um, now the packaging is actually great too, for those of you that are listening and not watching just yet. Um, the, the Hear Me Raw products use this unique sustainable packaging system with basically it's a reusable glass jar and, and, and they have this gorgeous lid and a recyclable refill, um, pods. So this is great because I know for a fact that when I do my research as a mom, I want to buy things that not only I'm really proud to use that make my skin look good and that make me feel good, but that are also a great cause and are not contributing poorly to my environment because we are all about making sure that we have a planet um, to live for our, for our children and their children to be living in. And if we don't address these issues now uh, with global warming and everything going on, it does begin with a lot of this waste packaging uh, with a lot of these brands. So tell me, you guys are in incredibly smart. Um, you lowered the, the carbon footprint by competitive yeah. brands and costs by 33%. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's 2021 and there's every single company needs to be responsible for their packaging, how it's made and where it goes. And everything needs to be sustainable, everything. And it's shocking to me in this category in particular, but in, almost, in most categories, people aren't thinking about sustainability. For us, it, it's like job number one. And we have this gorgeous glass jar and this beautiful lid and you reuse it and it lasts a lifetime. And we have inside these recyclable refill pods. And because the refill pods, even though they hold the same amount, because it's two thirds smaller and two thirds lighter, because you don't have all that glass, all that extra packaging to protect the glass, you're not making all those jars. You're not making all those lids. You have a smaller, lighter refill uh, that's recyclable. Over three years, we use 88% less packaging, lower carbon footprint. Let, we need 
you're making fewer pieces. That's less transportation. That's less pollution. That's less everything. Okay, great. And, and I want to address this really right. quickly because we have about a minute and a half left in this in this uh, segment. But uh, what is your is your is it marketed um, only here in America? Is it produced here in America? Where do you manufacture your products? Yeah. It's we source our ingredients because we have all these incredible ingredients globally, but we manufacture everything here in the United States. Um, and right now, we're only selling in the U.S. because. We want to get this country right first. Once we get this country right, then we'll start. There you go. Okay. And now really quickly, um, I know you're a two-time winner of Advertising's Age Top Marketers of the Year, WWD's Most Innovative Marketer, Beyond Beauty's Honoree of the Year. You have a laundry list of amazing accomplishments. What is your buyer beware statement to people really quickly looking for natural and organic ingredients when looking at skincare labels? Yeah, that clean isn't enough. It has to be natural. It needs to be sustainable. It needs to work. Don't just go by the word clean. Exactly, because there's you have to read between the lines. There you go. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Mike. It, it's such a pleasure talking to you. You have so much knowledge when it comes to skincare. I'd love to have you back on again at some point. And definitely, you guys have to check him out. Go to their website, hearmeraw.com, or follow them at, at hearmerawbeauty. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you so much. And thank you for this moment of zen. I really appreciate it. You got it, buddy. You're listening to a moment of Zen right here on 710 WOR, the voice of New York. I am your host, Zen Sams. We'll be right back after this. A moment of Zen is brought to you by Caldwell Soames Incorporated. Investing globally in transformative businesses like Original Digital Corporation or ODC, ODC develops advanced consumer and commercial fintech solutions such as OGPay, which will transform the way you manage your money. From sending and receiving money globally for free, paying for goods and services in person and online, pay bills, buy and sell digital currencies, all while earning interest. OGPay is easy to set up, FDIC insured, and your information is secured. Check out OGPay.com. A Moment of Zen is brought to you by Romulus Entertainment. Make sure you check out their newest release, Gully, a powerful crime thriller about three disaffected teens, one out-of-control night of revenge on a society that has rejected and taken advantage of them. When the rampage stops, the retribution begins. Starring Kelvin Harrison, Charlie Plummer, and Jacob Lattimore. Gully, available on Amazon, Apple TV, or any on-demand service. Hi, I'm Sari Katz with this week's beauty tip for A Moment of Zen. So what's a big fat debate in the aesthetic industry right now? It's actually if non-invasive procedures like Kybella are as effective as liposuction in fat reduction. Well, Kybella is an injectable that was approved in 2015 for the submental fullness region, or what we call the double chin. How does it work? It's a bile salt similar to that found in our intestinal tract that breaks down the cell membrane of fat cells causing the contents to be absorbed by the body. So it's been approved for this area under the chin, but it's also used in a lot of areas off the neck and face, like the bra fat area, the lower abdomen, the back of the thigh where we see that banana roll under our butt cheeks, and the inner and outer thighs. So what's so great about it? Well, it's non-invasive. You do not have to undergo the knife. You do not have to get a scalpel or anesthesia, uh, and it can be done at a lunchtime break. Well, what's the negative about it? So it's not as effective as the one and done liposuction procedure. It does take multiple sessions spaced about four to six weeks apart to obtain the optimal results. 
With each procedure, the patient will swell. So I do recommend wearing turtlenecks and scars, um, but it is a gradual change in that submental fat. So it's really a preference. What do you prefer? Do you prefer a one and done procedure like liposuction? Uh, that might even be a cheaper option given that it's only a one-time procedure. Or do you not mind spending a little extra to avoid the knife and undergo a non-invasive procedure that's just an injectable that could be performed on your lunch break despite a little bit of swelling? Really the jury's out and I leave that decision in the hands of the patient. But that's your beauty tip for a moment of zen with Sari Katz. I'm Skin by Sari and you can find me on Instagram also at Valor Medical. If you've missed out dining in New York City for the past year, it's time to visit the legendary Vichy Cucina. Located in the heart of Midtown, Vichy specializes in blending delicious northern Italian and American cuisine with dishes such as the incredible taglioni lobster, ravioli masala, asobuco, and paparadelli al telefono, along with many other mouthwatering offerings. You deserve a great night out. Call Vichy Cucina, 212-757-2600 or online at vichycucina.com. A Moment of Zen is brought to you by Ocean Resort Casino in Atlantic City, Tempest Network, A Burkan World Project, Aikido Pharma, Caldwell Soames, Beach A. Cucina in Midtown and Soho, Revere Securities, and Romulus Entertainment. Tune in every Saturday night at 9 p.m. on 710 WOR, the voice of New York, or download the iHeart app. Text the word collaborations to 917-575-2321. Follow Zen on social media at Zen Sam's. We're almost at the end of our date, my friends. Now, here's a little bit 007 extra special news for you. Now, James Bond will return, vows the closing credits of the latest 007 adventure, No Time to Die. Whenever Ian Fleming's super spy does grace the big screen again, though, he won't look like Daniel Craig. The British actor is exiting the franchise after 15 years and five movies. And even if he wanted to come back, which he really, really doesn't, No Time to Die makes his final exit. In the film's closing moments, Craig becomes the first Bond in the franchise's history to die on screen. He also joins Hugh Wolverine Jackman and Robert Iron Man Downey Jr. as the latest stars of a blockbuster movie series to permanently retire their character on their way out the door. With due respect to Wolverine and Iron Man, James Bond's death is a much bigger deal. Even though multiple actors have carried 007's license to kill over the franchise's 60-year history, those handoffs happened without any finality. When it was the time for a Bond to retire, the next one stepped right in and the cycle continued. But the death of Craig's 007 means that his run, which encompasses 2006 Casino Royale, 2008 Quantum of Solace, 2012's Skyfall, 2015's Spectre, and now No Time to Die will forever stand on its own as a five-movie arc nestled within the 25-movie and counting series. Well, that's a wrap, my friends. Remember to join me right here on 710 WOR, The Voice of New York, every Saturday night from 9 to 10 p.m., or go to 710WOR.iHeart.com, 
forward slash a moment of zen to watch fully uploaded episodes. We are a vodcast and in latent terms, a TV podcast. So you can see me as of Sunday morning. We are also now going to be streaming on TV platforms. So definitely keep an eye out on Sunday mornings on Roku, Apple TV, Android TV and Google Play, and you can on-demand access a moment of Zen. Remember to tune back in next Saturday night at 9 p.m. Thank you for listening to A Moment of Zen. It's been an absolute pleasure being your host. Thanks again to all of our sponsors. Remember, happiness is the only thing that multiplies when you share it. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.